tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome at 11 o'clock hour here on a Thursday. Rabot and Co., we got you till noon, Bobby V. After us, first replay roundtable edition, 3 o'clock till 6 o'clock. Got you local. Man, we do it for 11 hours every single weekday here on ESPN 680-1057. Thanks for making us part of your Thursday. We'll get you through the week here uh, as part of your late morning. Uh, reminder, some programming around the station here. Louisville basketball back in action against Pepperdine on Sunday. If you're ignoring the NFL, they're playing at 2 o'clock. Alex White Network coverage starts at 1230. Taylor Lynch on that. They're making Taylor do it again. They're, it, he needs hazard basket. pay. God bless America. If you're ignoring the NFL to watch there, that, you need by help. By the way, someone needs to cut it. It is the perfect, I mean, just the absolute freaking perfect thing ever last night. That poor bastard has to do the the scoreboard at the end of the official post game. And then slide into the the degenerate phone call text message sewage that is the Louisville basketball post game show right now, and the transition he sounds like he sounds like Dan Rather like perfect reading the scores. Yeah, he does. Very few tw- top twenty five games today, and uh, out west they're playing right now. BYU visiting, and it's like, and then, he, and then it's like, <laughs> yo. We need to fire this guy yesterday. Like, it literally, the transition went straight from that to that. It goes from Dan Rather to Stephen A. Smith. It really does, man. Just so good. Uh, Jay Davis joins us uh, from Detroit. Uh, a man at First Gen Sports uh, does all of our NBA coverage over there. Uh, Jay, I was just uh, espousing your, your affinity for the early seasons of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm season one through ten, and, and then I'm out pretty much. <laughs> there it is. I think you're not unusual that way. Uh, I got the uh, I got a, a, a meme sent to me today from uh, from a listener that was the uh, the Nelson Muntz quote. I don't care about nothing no more. I'm going to law school. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line. Oh, man, Jay Davis with us at Jay Davis underscore 1981 uh, on Twitter. This is one of the rare days, Jay, where I, I don't have notes for you. Um, I usually try to put together a list of uh, very specific questions I want to ask Jay, but I think they all sort of write themselves. Jay's part of our podcast, by the way, 40 minutes of pod uh, about college basketball. Someday we will get Nolan Richardson, and it will be a much longer than 40 minute. I think it'll be 40 minutes per response uh, from Nolan Richardson, uh, which will be fantastic. But um, Jay, I have one request of you since you are a contributor on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing a bowl pick'em contest, and even Ben Roberts, who covers college basketball at the Lexington Herald Leader, is getting in. Will you join us in our bowl pick'em contest? Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, so this used to be something. This was something that I did for years. I, uh, me too. You know, but as you know, pre. But how, how do you? You know, how do you do this with, you know, transfers yeah. and coaches leaving and opt-outs? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, that makes it much harder and much more interesting. But, you know, that you're you're forcing people to watch, like, these bowl games where they're going to be playing, like, third-string quarterback, fourth-string left tackle. Yeah, I think it's more just gambling. I think that's why it's awesome. 
I, I think it just is. So, yeah, now get in there, ESPN.com. Search the fantasy page for either ESPN Louisville or for Rabot and Co. It's at the top of my uh, Twitter feed, at Radio Louie as well. All right, so, um, look, you're on the outside, and, and you're one of these people that, by the way, people, when I reference people outside of the Louisville bubble asking questions about this stuff, Jay's one of them for sure. Jay pays a ton of attention to basketball, and so he's one of those guys that's easy to ask. By the way, Joe Dumars right now is on first take. Um, Talking about Draymond? Yes. He still looks like a guy who would punch you if you drove the lane against him, um, which is great. So um, it just – he always looks a little angry. Zach, does he not? I mean, just a little not happy. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, uh, I miss those Pistons days, I'll tell you what, Jay. <laughs> That's his resting face. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, from the outside looking in, are you surprised he still has the job or, is, or are you understanding of buyouts and different things like that? I, I understand buyouts totally, but you know, after that DePaul game on Saturday, I was I was sure it was you know I texted you know you and a couple other people that I thought they were going to leave him on the tarmac at O'Hare. You know, I don't I don't want anybody to lose their job you know for a multitude of reasons, but you know clearly it's not working. It's not going to work. Um, that Arkansas State game was probably one of the two games I think they well three games because they played Notre Dame in the middle of February and they're not any good either. That was one of three games I thought they had a chance to win the rest of the year. And now I don't think they're going to win any games the rest of the year. Mm. Um, you know, I know the buyout's $8 million and went down, what, a couple million because he made it through all of last year. But <clears throat> something has to be done. Um, and, you know, there would be no shortage of, you know, high-level candidates for that job as soon as it came open. So, you know, I like we talked about it Tuesday night on the podcast – that Kentucky game is going to be interesting because I don't think Calipari is going to try to embarrass him or embarrass that program. But, you know, I, that's why I don't know, do you do it before that game? Do you do it before you get into the heart of conference play? But it, it's, it's got to it's gotta be coming down the pike pretty soon here. You know, when you hire alums, it makes it sticky, right? Now it can go great. You can, you can find programs where they, they hire the alum and the guy does a great job. But those examples are pretty few and far between, Jay. You are near one uh, with Michigan football. Uh, my producer is from uh, the Columbus area, so uh, we, we have lots of fun with this stuff. But um, Michigan, you know, not to take a hard left turn, but, you know, Michigan's in the CFP, the one seed. They're playing Alabama. Um, what's the banter up there in the Detroit area about that game? And are people a little more nervous about this game than they would be against Florida State, for example? There hasn't really been any. You know, it's it's, it's one of those things where – Pretty much like, you know. So some people after when the, when the matchups were announced, there were some people trying to say, you know, they they made that, you know, they had that audible groan, you know, on ESPN because they felt bad for Florida State. They tried to make it about that. That's not what it was. They don't want to play Alabama. They know Alabama's history. They know that, you know, what Michigan likes to do is be physical. You know, this is an old school team. You know that that game, that Penn State game where JJ McCarthy didn't throw a pass in the second half, that was totally by design. You know, they just wanted to beat Penn State up and they knew they could. They know they can't do that to Alabama. Even though I think Alabama has a lot of questions in their secondary, I know they have a couple good corners, but this isn't like a vintage, you know, Alabama secondary. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, when they're playing, when Michigan's playing, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, you know, Eastern Michigan, you know, they're, they're, they're front runners, you know, but they're favored in this game. I think they're minus, they're, they're, they're minus one right now, but they don't want to get too far ahead of themselves, you know, because of what happened last year and two years ago in the playoffs. So I think they want to be pleasantly surprised if Michigan wins. And that's why there's not a whole lot of talk about it yet. Plus that game's not for, you know, almost yes. three more weeks, you know, the, the talk of that, the talk about that will probably start up like the day after Christmas. But I think a lot of it has to do with the matchup. And, you know, them uh, particularly, you know, fans and people not being totally sure if they're going to come out and, you know, win that game. Jay Davis with us. Uh, he's at Jay Davis underscore 1981. First Gen Sports, 1STGenSports.com uh, for all of his uh, his NBA musings over there. Um, <sighs> Texter asking, is a Kentucky fan who wants Louisville uh, to be decent? Uh, Yum is the best bar in the city when they are. Uh, do I even want to go to this UK U of L game? I, look, I, I, I think it depends what kind of UK fan you are. If you think it's it's worth it to have an eighty twenty kind of split where the the road team has more of the fans there than the home team, then you go to it. If you don't want to see something sad, then don't go because <laughs> it's going to be sad. Uh, it'll be a celebration though for those people that think that that kind of thing is funny uh, for sure. Um, with the playoff, you know, in basketball, if a team makes the Final Four. We, most most schools 
put up a banner. Does Michigan get credit for the the, the string of CFP that they put together? Yeah, they should because they weren't good for you know a yes. decade and a half. Um, you know, Harbaugh when he came in 2015, they returned to being a nine ten win team, and you know that's based on their history. That's really what the ceiling is. Take out in 1997. I don't do the you know, pre, I mean, pre-integration, I know that was a long time, but it's, it's hard for me to give teams credit, you sure. know, for those titles pre, you know, 1969, 1970. But, you know, over the last couple of years, they've found something, you know, that's worked for them and they've, they've jumped up a level, you know, and that's what, that's what college football is for a program like Michigan. Every year on your schedule, there's like two or three games you have to win that'll, you know, that'll, you know, separate you from a, a solid season to a special season. And over the last few years, they've found a way to win those games, um, you know, in the regular season at least, and the Big Ten title, you know, Big Ten championship game because the Big Ten West is a disaster. But, you know, coming out and playing in the playoff is a totally different animal. You know, they had a really good shot to beat TCU last year. They had some, you know, turnovers from J.J. McCarthy. Um, and, you know, obviously, <laughs> based on what we found out earlier this fall, you know, we there, there's a reason why TCU was able to score 51 points on them. But, yeah, you know, they found something over the last few years that's allowed them to jump up in that into that upper echelon of programs over the you know the last handful of years, but I mean, the the it's tough, you know, cuz in the final four you're 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 on that short turnaround each weekend, you know, with a day of, a day of prep. You know, I don't know how much video you're getting to watch in that day of prep. I, you know, I know you, I know a lot of teams when they win, they sit in the stands and watch the next team, the next team they're gonna the next matchup to see who they're gonna have to play. But I don't know. It's it's I, I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put up a banner for making a playoff. You know, because it's you know you play your regular season, you play your conference championship game, and then you don't play another game for a month. You know, you get all this time to prepare, and if you get there and lose, you know. What is it? What is that to me? I don't. I don't know what that says about your preparation, about what you do with your preparation time, or you know, it might have been a bad matchup or something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang a banner for a college football playoff appearance. Jay Davis with us. Um, big, <clears throat> big weekend of college basketball. Getting back to college basketball coming up this weekend, and this is where I mean, part of the, part of the 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 real frustration of having the team be just so inept downtown. Jay is that. Mm-hmm. This is a fun year where there's a bunch of good teams all over the country, right? And and frankly, not in the ACC, <laughs> right? So this is actually yeah. a year where, where Louisville could be taking advantage of a schedule that isn't as strong as it, it could be historically in the ACC. A lot of change, a lot of new faces, a lot of new things. Um, you know, But all of that, Kentucky, North Carolina, uh, you've got the Creighton game this week. Um, we've got Arizona and Purdue. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? That Arizona Purdue game, you know, and a couple hours before that, uh, you know, another part of Indiana, you got Kansas and I, Kansas and IU playing at like twelve thirty, I think. Um, there's a, there's a lot of them. That Arizona Purdue game, Arizona's so well balanced. You know, they've got guys who can do it in the post and on the perimeter. Um, obviously, Zach Eady's probably on his way to winning National Player of the Year again. Braden Smith in that Alabama game, you know, they had to come back. You know, Alabama plays at a, at that frenetic pace. And Purdue was able to come back and win that game, which kind of shocked me a little bit. But Braden Smith played probably the best game I've ever seen him play, you know, in helping him come back and win that game. So just seeing what that one-two punch can do against the balanced Arizona attack, you know, that's that's really at the top of my list. Um, Kentucky-Carolina, you know, that I think that game could go a bunch of different ways. North Carolina is obviously a more veteran-led team. But Kentucky, you know, with all the guards they play and all the wings and only really playing two big guys, um, I just want to I want to see how that game gets played. You know, see who kind of dictates pace there. Um, Alabama and Creighton. Creighton just lost last night to UNLV. That's their third loss already. Second or third loss. I know they lost to Colorado State. I think that might just be two losses for them. But that's another game that I'm interested to watch just to see. You know how Creighton. You know after being ranked in the preseason top ten. You know two years in a row comes back after a, after a tough loss. Um, <laughs> Michigan State Baylor would have been at the top of that list, but you know my program is. Not as bad as Louisville right now, but there's there's a lot of questions there. there. Another one I like I want to see is Texas A&M in Houston. You know, Texas A&M's kind of falling on some hard times, but that was a team that was ranked in the preseason top fifteen. You know, going to play Houston, which I feel like has been been ranked in the top five pretty much every week for the last two or three years. Jay Davis with us at Jay Davis underscore nineteen eighty one on Twitter. Find him at firstgensports dot com. Uh, the Draymond suspension, speaking of Michigan State, um, I, I was wrong yesterday. I thought he wouldn't get much of a suspension. Obviously, 
Uh, they're going to draw it out a little more. There was talk, Jay, of him essentially getting therapy about this um, and going to – and it sounds like sort of mandatory therapy. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's probably you know compulsory sort of therapy. What would you have done in Joe Dumar's position, and did they make the right decision? Well, indefinite, you know, saying indefinite, you know, kind of means he could be back before Christmas or, you know, they could stretch it out longer. A lot of a lot of when he comes back depends on how he does in that therapy and, you know, meetings with, you know, league officials and things like that. So, you know, this could be something that's, you know, six, five games, you know, it could be 10 games. It could be, you know, just a week. You know, that's that's what that's what indefinite means to me. But, I mean, they had to do something. You know, this is the second time. This is the third time in a month. He's been ejected in a game, and, you know, the, the second time, you know, in less than a month that, you know, he's kind of just gone off on somebody like that. You know, I know he was trying to say after the game he sells files with his arms and he's not a flopper, and he said he didn't mean to do it. But, you know, it's it's, it's a history there now. Yeah. And he's kind of <clears> – <throat> the first thing I thought about, you know, with the suspension in, in the Minnesota game and, you know, a couple of days ago, he's kind of turning into – Dennis Rodman in 1998, you know, where a lot of his minutes on the Bulls were going to, like, Dickie Simpkins, and they were playing Tony Kukoc at power forward. And, you know, Dennis would still do some good things every once in a while, but, you know, you could tell his actions were in thin. And then, he, and then after that, last year with the Bulls, he ended up on, like, two or three teams in a year. I think it was Dallas and the Lakers. Um, and I think that's what's, what's, what's happening with Draymond. Draymond's still very smart on the court. He can do a lot of good things, but, you know, just – the way this Warriors team is structured right now and the way they're playing, he needs to be, you know, he's he's too valuable for them in, the, in what he can be to keep having this happen because the Warriors, the margin of error is very thin for them. Their roster's not very great. Um, they don't have a lot of size. I think that game Tuesday night against Phoenix, down the stretch, Steve Kerr benched three of the starters. And, you know, that, I think that was after Draymond got, got kicked out of that game. So he's too valuable at this stage of the run that the Warriors are on for this to keep happening, you know, so something had to be done. Jay Davis with us. Uh, we do have some good um, hip-hop questions on the text line. Keep those coming, 437 UPS Jobs text line. Uh, George McGinnis passed away this morning, and that was a player that uh, Dan talked about a lot when he was on this show uh, as an opponent, uh, first with uh, the Pacers, then with the 76ers, and they were actually teammates uh, with the Nuggets at the end of the 70s. Um, Top of your head is George McGinnis on any of your all-time lists? Uh, you know, he'd be outside of like a top 100. You know, he okay. made his name, you know, with the Pacers. Yep. Um, I think when he won he won ABA MVP like his second or third year in the league. Yep. He got a playoffs MVP. Yep. I think he won what something like a couple of couple of ABA titles. Um, you know, he's he was great, you know, in his era. He's one of the best players of his era and, you know, it's it's just you know, coming to one of those points now where we're going to start, yeah. you know, seeing this happen more where, you know, a lot of the guys that we, you know, some people grew up watching or reading about, you know, we're just going to be reflecting on their lives and their careers, you know, but George McGinnis, he's, I mean, everybody loves Reggie Miller and I know Reggie Miller did a lot, you know, for, for the Pacers uh, in the NBA, but I feel like George McGinnis is easily the best Pacer ever. You know, if you look at the totality of it, you know, so, you know, I, I, I mean, like I said, I know they're two, two totally different leagues. And, you know, Reggie did a lot of his stuff in the garden, which I think gets prop, which I think props him up a lot more than it probably should. But if you ask, you know, depending on who you ask, you know, you ask somebody from Dan's era or, you know, somebody who grew up in Indiana watching, you know, ABA basketball, I think they would argue that George McGinnis is probably the best player the Pacers have ever had. Yeah, just even with, um, you know, in his career was, you know, all – all ABA was the MVP in 75, like you mentioned, made three all-star games in the ABA. Then he got to the NBA, made three more all-star games. And that didn't happen a lot, Jay. I know we, you know, those guys, like an, like Dan, like would get just the coldest shoulder from from those kinds of votes once he got to the NBA. So it's it's interesting uh, that George McGinnis was able to do that. He was Mr. Basketball yeah, USA was, coming out of high school. How about that? First team all NBA, I think, oh, the yeah. first year, you know, the Pacers, the Pacers switched over. So, yeah, you know, Reggie Villain yeah. never made first team all NBA. No, there you go. Yeah, so. no, that's a good point. Uh, Jay Davis with us. Um, uh, you got time to hang out for one more? 
Yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's take a break here. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky, deltadentalky.com. Uh, Check about plans for you, your family, your employees, a nationwide network of dentists. They got you covered over there with our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. On the other end, keep talking to Jay Davis, uh, sending those questions. Uh, Texture, I will close with this, this segment with this. This is, this is a great text. I have a feeling this indefinite is different than Patino's definition of indefinite. <laughs> More Patino talk next. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. Miami, the Playboy's paradise. Pretty girls, fast cars. That's just a facade. The bridge separates South Beach from my Miami. The real Miami. The MIA. This is where we hustle. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You're listening to Rebeau & Co. here on ESPN 680 1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. Ah, to answer everybody's question, yes, uh, Dan left the show. That's funny. I'm sorry, it's just funny. Louis Rebeau hanging out with you, Zach Cantrell. On the ones and twos, how about that? My you Miami. Me Dan wasn't listening to Rick Ross. It's separated by a bridge. Uh, Jay Davis with us, uh, as he will be here Thursdays, hanging out in the 11 o'clock hour. Um, <laughs> been talking a lot of different things with him. Um, boy, boy, where do I want to go? Uh, I, I can't do any more Kenny Payne stuff. I got to be done with it. All right. So uh, <laughs> around here, there was a lot of discussion on the on the you know, the, the final four. And obviously you're, you know, you're up there near Ann Arbor and all of those sorts of things. Uh, would you have put Florida state in the final four? Uh, I, I mean, you can't really judge. You can't really say what's going to happen. I get why they did it. Um, if, if it was a 12 team tournament this year, they would, obviously they would have been in it. My only question with that is, is why drop them one spot and put them, between Alabama and Georgia and not, you know, why not put Georgia ahead of them if you think, you know, all these teams that are so healthy right now are so much better than Florida State. I think they should have gotten in. Um, their second-string quarterback, you know, that would have given him, like, another, you know, I know he was in the concussion protocol, but that would have given him another couple weeks to get ready, you know, to get his head right, obviously, literally and figuratively, and prepare for those playoff games. So, I mean, I think they got a raw deal, but I also understand that this is a TV show, um, this playoff is a TV property, and they wanted the best—you know—they wanted the best matchups for TV. So I, I understand both sides of it. One of my favorite conspiracy slash probably true theories is: look, they, they've got the helmets up behind Herb Street, and he's talking about everything before <laughs> the decision comes out. Then it happens, and then, oh, how did ESPN get the leak story of how all of this went down? Like, how did they get access to all of this? So um, I, that is a. I think a legitimate conspiracy theory and, and one that I absolutely buy, but I'm also prone to conspiracy theories. What says Jay Davis? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't initially notice that when I was watching that show, but <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess that, you know, kind of makes sense. But, you know, part of that also is, you know, those were the four teams that were most the most impressive that weekend. Right. You know, Florida State barely won. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's another way to look at it. But I could see how, you know, they could just kind of, basically leaked that leaked the uh, leaked the field without leaking it. <laughs> there you go, Jay Davis with us. Uh here on uh Rabo and Co. ESPN six eighty one oh five seven. All right. Um I uh I don't know if you're following this very much, but it's I, to me it's it's a it's a wider 
conversation about sports in general. And so obviously across the street, we're watching the the men's basketball team just fall apart, essentially, from coaching to playing to, to everything. And on the football field, Ben Roethlisberger, of all people, is talking about the Steelers' tradition and how it might be done. Quote, maybe the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done footballing uh, on, on the podcast, footballing with, uh, with, with Ben Roethlisberger. You can't afford in the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and to not have them late in the game. There's some feel when you have to – uh, there's some feel you have to have uh, in those situations because the timeouts come so valuable as we saw in this game. If we have one more timeout here, we get a completion. We can move the ball to the middle of the field and you got a chance at a field goal. Give him a chance to tie the game. And he goes through this stuff and he says, who's grabbing someone by the face mask and saying, that's not what we do. Is that happening? Yes, you have guys on defense doing, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it. I wonder if this is not the Knowles, the Bradshaws, and the Blunts. Is this just an old man yelling at a cloud, or is there something to places like Pittsburgh? So, you know, on the pod, Jay, we've talked about what is it about UConn that has led them to win five titles in 25 years, three different coaches? What is it about, you know, a Dusty May at FAU to get to a Final Four? Or, you know, a guy like Rick Pitino just traveling around and winning every single place that he goes. I think we know with Rick Pitino what it is. But is there something here more than just Ben Roethlisberger yelling at a cloud that there's something about playing for the Steelers that's different? Yeah, you know, because, I mean, obviously they've had some, I don't want to even call them bad years. I don't I don't think Mike Thomas ever finished, you know, below no, 500. Every coach they've had in the last, what, 40 or 50 years has won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, it, it, they're, they're having a really weird year. I think they're the only team that's, you know, still above 500 that's been outscored over the course of the whole season. Um, their roster isn't very great. Um, I think that Kenny Pickett pick was made, you know, because you, you think, oh, well, well, we'll get this quarterback in here. It'll, it'll draw some, you know, a lot of interest from the fans. And if you're picking, if the first quarterback in the draft is going at number 20, you could, they could have got him at like number 40 or number 50. If a quarterback's sitting there that long, he's not very good. I mean, you know, I know it's different. The first, what I, when I'm, while I'm saying that, I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers falling, but I think there was some other stuff there. Obviously, a quarterback won number one in that draft in 05, but I think a lot of it is, you know, Mike Tomlin, you know, pretty loyal to a lot of his staff. Um, you know, they probably needed to change offensive coordinators after last season, but, you know, they come in, you know, with, I think, what, Matt Canada is the OC this year. They're struggling. They're... <laughs> There's a bet that's on, you know, the various, you know, properties now where you can pick pick a team to win the first half and to win the game. And the running joke for the first like ten or eleven games of the season was take whoever the Steelers are playing to win the first half, but pick the Steelers right. to win the game, and you'll be all right. And that actually worked. But mm-hmm. you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, they they've lost to two what two two win teams, you know, the last two weeks. So that's that's pretty bad. Um, and they have some talent. You know, Pat Fryermuth, their tight end was out. He comes back. Um, George Pickens is a really good wide receiver. You know, you can see his frustration. They have they have weapons. I don't think Najee Harris has turned out the way a lot of people hoped he would up there. But I don't I don't know. You know, a lot of a lot of that with you know program with I call them programs, but you know, you talk about UConn, um, you know Pittsburgh Steelers, you know the Lakers and the Celtics in the NBA, the Yankees in baseball. There there gets to be a point where you know changes are made, and I feel like those changes are made more frequently at some of those other places than they have been with the Steelers, you know. I mean, Mike Tomlin's been, been really good for them. You know, he's steady. But, you know, if you if you think you can be more than what you are now, you know, maybe a change needs to be made there too. I don't think Mike Tomlin would be waiting too long to get another job because he's a really good coach. But, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just done for him there. It's interesting too because, it, you know, in places like Pittsburgh, you know, they go and hire him. What was he, the, the uh, special teams coordinator of the Packers? Am I getting that right before he took that job? Something like that. Where he's not an does that sound right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and and I just um, you know, with with those kinds of hires, you're you're obviously doing it less for, and this isn't a criticism at all, by the way. You're doing it more for cultural reasons than you are for X and O reasons, right? And so he was a DC, he was a DC in Minnesota for a year before he got the Pittsburgh job. Oh, okay, all right. So you'd actually gotten to coordinator level, but you know, it's interesting. It's interesting because I don't think of him as an X's and O's coach, like you said. I think of him as a culture coach, and not in a bad way at all, right? I think that there's that job in the NFL. You're either the guy who calls the plays or you're the guy who's calling the defense 
or you're just the culture guy, right? Like Dan Campbell's a perfect example of Detroit. He's a culture guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be, you know, the the classic old school football coach run through a wall, you have to have good coordinators around you. Sure. And, you know, their defense has played well enough to, you know, make them a playoff team. But just, you know, them being really bad on offense for, you know, 50, 55 minutes of a game and then, you know, finding a way to win in the end, you know, that's not a recipe for long-term success. And, you know, we're seeing that now. I know, you know, Kenny Pickett's out. Maybe they win these last two games of Kenny Pickett's in there and not Mr. Trubisky, but – you can't lose to two of the very worst teams in the league in back-to-back weeks when you're trying to make the playoff. Jay Davis with us. Uh, at Jay Davis underscore 1981. He'll be with us on the 11 o'clock hour here on, on Rabo & Co. Uh, here at ESPN 681057. Uh, reacting to lots of different things. Uh, Malik Murphy is in the transfer portal from Texas. And um, I, I'm fascinated by the Texas thing, Jay, because Texas to me, obviously they have the title with um, – with uh, with Vince uh, with Vince Young, but otherwise their history is very similar to <laughs> other teams that were told are great, but really you know high high level success, uh, not so much. Number one, why did Malik Murphy go to Texas at all? <laughs> Number two, is this? Would you rather have a guy who showed some ability and was on say a a lower level Power Five team, or would you rather have the unknown with a guy like Malik Murphy transfer team? Well, I think he. I think he went there, you know, because he thought he was on par with, you know, Ewers, and I know they had Arch Manning coming in. He, you know, he thought he was on par with those guys. You know, he played a little bit this year when, you know, Quinn Ewers was out. But I, I don't know if I, if if I'm. This is what's happening with the portal now. Like Cam Ward, even like as soon as it was announced that Cam Ward was leaving Washington State, the first, the only place that people brought up was Ohio State, which is where he's going to go. Um, the quarterback, uh, Will Rodgers from Mississippi State, you know, Washington's looking at him. So a lot of the coaches are looking at, you know, they want established guys. And I saw a story yesterday that was talking about, you know, is high school recruiting dead? But, you know, you have to – these guys are going to have a jumping-off point somewhere. It's, it's, you know, do you get them for two years and they transfer? Or do you find a way to keep them for, you know, the entirety of their eligibility? But we're, we're seeing it now. You know, coaches that are going into the transfer portal aren't looking for, you know, unknowns, you know. So, Correct. I don't know, Malik, Malik Murphy might end up being at, like, you know, Texas Tech or Rice or something, you know, because he's still kind of an unknown. You know, I know he's been there two years, but he hasn't really gotten a lot of reps like a lot of these other guys in the portal have. Did you see Drew Pine uh, is going back to Notre Dame? He, he transferred out of Notre Dame, went to Arizona State. He's just going to go for the spring because he needs a semester to graduate, and then he's going to get a Notre Dame degree and then get into the portal? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I mean, I guess, you know, he, doing it for the experience, I mean, I'm sure he probably has. Oh, man. Has, I'm sure he's probably he probably had much more fun in Tempe, you know, for a variety of reasons um, than he yes. will in South Bend, but – you know, Notre Dame's a great school. It'll be a great degree for him. And, you know, then he'll, you know, then he'll go somewhere else to play football, you know, and he can just play, he can just concentrate on football. So, I mean, it, it's a weird time. Um, you know, the more that comes out with, you know, the portal and stuff like that, I'm like, you know, this, there's got to be some, some tighter regulation that comes in at some point. But it's hard to do that, you know, when you have coaches that, you know, don't honor their contracts and, you know, they leave whenever they want. So, you know, this is this gives kids a chance to, you know, to do the same thing. But I don't know. It's 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 a little weird. Why you know, watching it. Transferring to Notre Dame from Arizona State is a tougher social move than Van Dyke transferring from Miami to Wisconsin, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not even close, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. Just want to make sure. Jay Davis with us. Uh, here. I've been to Madison. I've been to Madison much. He'll be all right. Yeah, they'll do. They're doing okay up there. That's right. Um, you know, there, there's talk too of Dylan Raiola, who's who's committed to Georgia, flipping to to Nebraska. Do you think Matt Rule ends up getting it going there? Is Nebraska is that a salvageable job? Is that a place that that can turn back into? Not I, let's be very clear, they're not winning three titles in five years or whatever their run was. Um, again, because frankly, I don't think. I mean, even Georgia's shown us how difficult that is. Um, Let's play a hypothetical in a second, but do you think do you think something like that could get get Nebraska going again? Absolutely, you know you you flip. I mean, Georgia's right now, even though they didn't make the playoffs, you know they won back to back titles. Georgia's the classic college football right now. They're in Alabama, so if you can flip, you know, a five star recruit from Georgia to go to Nebraska, you know that's 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 a big that's big time. You know, I, I know they're you know working on getting money together, you know, to, to get more guys in there. 
Um, but that would, I mean, I think Nebraska, you know, this year they played better than I thought they would. I think they're only going to get better. But, you know, what is better with the expanded conferences? You know, I'm, I'm looking at the Big Ten right now as Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State and everybody else. You know, you think, well, you, you look, you can, and then you could counter that by saying, well, Washington and Oregon are coming in and they just had really good seasons. Both of, the, both of those programs are going to have new quarterbacks. USC is going to have a new quarterback. UCLA, I think, is going to be a lot worse than a lot of people think because, you know, they don't really have the money to compete with the other schools. So I'm looking at the top of the Big Ten East and still being the top of the conference, you know, when everything changes in the fall. And, you know, Nebraska, if they, you know, Nebraska could be on that second tier, um, you know, with like Iowa and Wisconsin, but I, it, it's going to be hard for them to break through into that top tier no matter what they do. You know, if we had a 12-team playoff this year, Georgia would be in, and they would be the sixth seed. Um, by the way, the matchups in the first round would be Texas and Liberty, Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida State, Penn State, Georgia, and Mizzou, and then um, Ohio State, Oregon, with Michigan and Washington getting buys there, Jay. Would you give Georgia – I mean, if you, look, obviously there's going to be a – you know, you know, no one would get more than fifty percent of the money in a twelve-team playoff, as far as betting. But where would you put your money if there were a twelve-team playoff this year? Would you still bet on Georgia? Oh yeah, I still bet on Georgia. Um, you know, I think I think there's a good chance. You know, you 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 follow different people on Twitter, and they put these out. You know, after the playoff rankings are revealed, and you go through it. You know, when they put out, you know, they put out the bracket with the twelve teams on there, and a lot of times, nine times out of ten, you end up coming out with the four teams they picked. So, you know, if I was looking at it, you know, Florida State Liberty, I'd pick Florida State. Well, no, Texas Liberty. Right. No, it would be. Would it be Texas Liberty or would it be Florida State Liberty? The top, the top four would get by. Oh, four so get by? Oh, I did the, yeah, the I top, did that completely wrong. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it would be by, Florida State so, and Liberty. Yeah, I did the. All right, Florida right. State yep. with their backup quarterback. I'm just going to run through this real quick to just to see if we get the same four teams. Florida State Liberty, I pick Florida State. Georgia Ole Miss, give me Georgia. Ohio State, Penn State. I still pick Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri. I pick Oregon, so it would be. It's basically that's basically chalk. That was five, six, seven, eight. Yep. So Michigan, Michigan, Oregon. I'd probably pick Oregon. So there's a change right there. Okay. Washington, Ohio State. I pick Washington. Texas, Georgia. I pick Georgia. Alabama, Florida State. I pick Alabama. Yep. So all right. So there is. So there is some some difference there. So that we do get a final a different final four. So I mean I don't know. I would probably it, – it's tough. You know, I, that's why, I think that's why a lot of people want to see that happen, you know, just to see how those matchups play out, especially in that first round where, you know, you would have uh, – you know, you would have Oregon – you would have Missouri going to Oregon. You'd have – I mean, Ohio State and Penn State always play every year. But, you know, you got Florida State hosting Liberty, or some years you might have, you know, Alabama actually going to Wisconsin, you know, and – in a, in a game that's important that they can't back out of like they've done the regular season games. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see the expanded playoff. Uh, it, they can't – one thing that I always think about with it is, you know, it's tough for the NCAA and the schools to say that we can't pay these kids anymore because <laughs> I remember when it was – when the regular season was 11 games, they said we can't play 12 games because because they got go, they got finals. Then we can't have a conference championship game because the kids got finals. You know, we can't do this playoff because, you know, we don't want to take – we don't want to have them prepping over finals or over their holiday break. So all of these things that the NCAA has said they couldn't do have, has actually happened. So now it's time for the schools and the NCAA and the conferences to realize that these athletes are employees, despite what people think. You know, the people who – there's still a lot of people I know who think getting a scholarship – you know, is, is worth a lot. And while I, while I agree with that, I do agree with a scholarship is worth a lot. I wish I would have got a scholarship to MSU. But, you know, when a school is making $20 million a year just selling tickets, you know, to cover some operating costs, and each school is getting $70, $80 million in TV revenue every year, then you get bowl tie-ins that give you more money. You know, co- you know basketball, You every tournament game you win, you get three hundred grand. So you win a national title, you're looking at almost $2 million for a school. That this money, there's there's plenty of money to go around to actually for the schools to actually pay these players and not depend on NIL collectives and you know you know coaches asking for handouts so they can compete. The, the schools need to start putting up this money. That's why I, you know, I'm not as hard on Jim Harbaugh as a lot of other people 
because I, you know, a lot of people call him weird. I like to call him quirky. I'm, I'm diplomatic about it because he's been at the forefront of saying that there needs to be some revenue sharing put in yeah, place, yeah, that. you know, for the players. Yeah. Uh, Jay Davis with us. Um, I, I do want to get into that a little bit with you because I mean, obviously title nine comes into that and you're going to have to pay a, a, a lot more than just the kids that are on those, those kinds of programs that you talked about where there's, you know, a considerably amount, a considerable amount of revenue compared to say, you know, a, a swimming or, you know, a volleyball or something like that uh, at most places where those are not revenue generators. Um, are you, are you saying you're, you, you would want that to happen for all the title nine school, the title nine uh, programs as well? They would have to, I think, Everybody should get something, but there would have to be some breakdown somewhere. Because if we're being honest, um, the revenue generated sports are overpopulated by by young black kids. You know, basketball, football, and the Olympic sports. You know, they're you know they're country club sports for them. You know, for the most part, not like football, not softball and baseball, but but you know what I mean. So, you know, for for years, these revenue generated sports, football and basketball, have been essentially funding a lot of these athletic departments. And I do think that those athletes should get more because those are the athletes that are marketed more. Now, at certain schools, like if you think about, you know, basketball, like UConn, um, Tennessee women's basketball, Stanford women's basketball, you know, Stanford swimming, there are, you know, if, if there should be a way, I mean, there's going to be, it's going to be weird because these all of these college kids are going to have agents like negotiating deals and, you know, there's going to be a union created at some point, but I don't know. I know I'm talking in circles right now because it's hard to, it's hard to talk about that, but I, I do feel like the athletes from the higher revenue generated sports should get a bigger piece of the pie. Quick break here. We'll come back with Jay Davis. We'll wrap up the hour. Uh, who are his favorite California rappers? We find out next. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working, keep going, and keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back. Yeah, a little 93 till infinity, the best rap song ever to come out of California. I'm Louis Rebeau hanging out with Jay Davis, who will immediately disagree with me, but that's a jam for sure. Uh, second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. If you love hip-hop and you want to brush your teeth, make sure you check out our friends over there at DeltaDentalKY.com. Uh, 93 till infinity, banger or not? Yeah, of course. Okay, all right, I mean, okay, okay. <laughs> well, East Oakland, California for you. Give us some uh your favorite California rappers. I have a long list here, man. We're talking L.A. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Lamar is, is easily on the top of me. He's probably the best rapper of the last decade. Okay. Uh, you know, just his first three major albums, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pick a Butterfly, and Damn are just all unbelievable. They're all still in heavy rotation with me. Um, next is the late, great Tupac Shakur. I do not think he's been – I've gone back and forth with people for 30, 30 years, almost 30 years now, about him and Biggie. I don't think he's better than, better than Biggie, but I, I understand why people, you know, love him so much. Sure. He's, it's, it's one of those things where, obviously, he's a great rapper, but he he's obviously very charismatic, and he makes people feel things, you know, whenever – like, every word he says, you feel something, you know, behind it. So that's why people love him so much. Snoop went from being on trial for murder to being probably the most beloved person in America, which is a which is a hell of a one eighty. 
Uh, but, you know, Doggy Style to me is the best debut rap album ever. Dog, Doggy Style mm. to me is better than The Chronic. I know that's a discussion a lot of people have. Um, Corrupt, I think he's very underrated. Um, you know, being around, you know, Snoop and uh, Tupac for, you know, a lot of his career, I think he's kind of put on that second tier of, of West Coast rappers, but I think Corrupt's great. Um, you know, Easy E is another rapper. You know, he wasn't the so best good. lyricist. Ice Cube wrote a lot of his rapper wrote a lot of his raps, but you know, he you feel something, especially when you know in your formative years, and you know you hear <laughs> some of the some of the things he said. You, you think it's like the coolest thing in the world. Um, I know I left out Ice Cube. I love Ice Cube too. Mm-hmm. It's just there's just so many of them, like you said, that that you could go in a lot of different directions. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the West ball. Coast. You know, I feel like you know, had like a 20-year run at the top of hip-hop. Well, I wouldn't say 20. They were at the top along with the South. You know, the South's been pretty much on top for the last 25 years, in my opinion. But, you know, the West Coast, you know, they kind of, you know, kicked in the door. They they really they really established gangster rap as a genre, and, you know, that's still here today. I mean, many texts on the text line about this topic. I love the idea that there are a bunch of people listening to Issel. And then they would turn off our show and listen to hip hop. I love this. Too short getting a ton of votes on the. T- I can't tell you how many too short texts we've gotten on the text line. Are you a too short guy? Yeah, too short is great. He's put out like forty albums. It's and, amazing. I know. You know, he's still he's still doing shows. E forty is another one. E forty, yeah, started, they come down the text line. E40 yeah, forty start. E forty yep. started his own language pretty much. You know, <laughs> there's so many of you know, Lady of Rage, Yo Yo. You know, you get the ladies in there too. There's, sure. There's so yo. Know, Man, oh, man. Well, hip-hop talk on Rabo Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V, in 10 minutes, you get roundtable 3 o'clock. I'm sure he'll be diplomatic and uh, and gentle at 3. What do you think, Zach? Uh, old old uh, Streeple there. Just uh, <laughs> hang on. What show did I just turn on? It's a fair question, sir, ma'am. <laughs> the hip-hop hour with Jay Davis. How about that? Um, oh, what else do I want to ask? Uh there, there's an article that's now been on the show sheet for three days. Zach, let's just talk about it right now. We'll get it out of the way. They did the what would the 24-team playoff look like uh, on the athletic. And I, I I think the athletic is one of those things. You either like it or you don't. I like these kind of thought experiments where you look at, hey, there's a format for something over here. Would it apply to what we're doing with this? I think these thought experiments are worthwhile. It's especially interesting around here. Because I think the two football teams around here would make a 2014 playoff pretty often. Uh, and it would make it a little bit more interesting that, that way. Obviously, Louisville would be in it. Is there a limit to expansion that you are comfortable with? Mine was eight. <laughs> I see. I originally, when they started talking about it, I wanted it to be six because I was like, well, okay. they might as well just have a mirror of what the NFL was before right. they added another team. You know, you have the top two get by, and then you have, you know, three, four, five, and six, you know, matchup, and then you have the semis in the final. But. I mean, 24, I mean, with with a lot of the, you know, conference champions, like I, I read that story, you know, Troy makes it, and I, I am all for, you know, all these other sure. other teams getting by, getting a chance. But, you know, do you really think Miami, Ohio deserves a chance at the national title or Arizona, you know, or right. North Carolina State, um, you know, Boise? Boise which, State this it, year, yeah, right, yep. Yeah, this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, Ian Johnson, 2007, Boise State, you know, that's, it's, it's, and I see, you know, they broke it up into, what, four different regions, and then, you know, the, the semifinalists would be, you know, the winner of each region, which sounds cool on paper right. until, you know, you're watching SMU in Missouri, and you're like, you know, why why is SMU getting a shot at, at the title? Plus, you know, I think if they're going to have these rankings every year, you know, with the top 12, I don't understand because you have it's what is it five? It's gonna it's gonna be like four or five conference champions, and then you know four seven, plus four, one at this point, card. Zach. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. And then a wild card. So why not just have it be whatever the top twelve is at the end at the end of the year? Now I know you know that that would hurt some group of five teams, but you know this year this year it would it would have been all there would have been what five teams with two losses. But a lot of people still think Oregon is one of the best teams in the country. They sure. lost two games by, by what, six points. Yep. Um, Georgia, you know, obviously Georgia would have been in if it was a 12-teamer. Um, Oklahoma at 10-2 and two would have been the last team in. Then, you know, missing the cut would have been like LSU, Arizona, Louisville, unless they would have, you know, ended up beating Florida State their 15. Why not just do, if, you, if this is essentially what it's going to be, it's going to be a TV product because that's what that – 
Yeah. That last, you know, last poll made it out, made it out to be with them leaving out Florida State. Why not just have it be the top twelve teams in the country at the end of the year and do the matchups like that? You know, because then you then in the first round, if you have you know a twelve teamer, if you have the first four teams with buys, you get Florida State, Oklahoma in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get a matchup like that instead of having you know Florida State play. Liberty. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Liberty or SMU. So right. if 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 this is going to be a TV property like I think it is, why not just why not just structure it like that? There you go. He's Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore nineteen eighty one on Twitter. Firstgensports.com for all of his NBA stuff. Jay, appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you next week, and I will have your equipment at your house before then. All right, thanks. Awesome, perfect. There you go, Jay Davis. Someone texting in. Hey, thanks for including the the textures on the show. Uh, if people are new to Rabo and Co., and I appreciate you finding us, man. When when I set up the Co., I meant it as texters, Jay, Zach, you know, Ben Roberts, everyone that that contributes, you know, Mark Ennis, Gandolfo, everybody. The co is for everybody, and I and I mean it about the text line. I want your look. I'm going to give my thoughts. That's that's my job, but for sure, I want to know on the text line how people are feeling, what their thoughts are, etc. So I meant it. The other thing, ESPN.com, the fantasy page. Get in there, Rabo and Co. ESPN Louisville. We're doing a bowl challenge. Chef's Cut Pizza, Buckler Farms, Red Hot Roasters, all of them coming through with prizes as well. So if you wanted to get in, I think you can just search ESPN Louisville on the fantasy page there at ESPN.com. Uh, get in on our bowl challenge. It is a confidence one. I thought we would make it as difficult as possible uh, as well. You can try to beat Zach or me or uh, Ben Roberts, uh, any of those people uh, who have gotten in on our bowl challenge there at ESPN.com for fantasy. It is open. Please get in. Um, I have not checked the numbers. I think we were up around 12 or 15, something like that. So I'm hoping to get up around 50 uh, by the time all things are said and done as we get going on bowl season this weekend, Zach. Unbelievable. Um, and everyone needs to not pretend like they're not going to watch those games. You're watching the games. Millions of people watch terrible Fort Myers Bowls at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Don't pretend that you don't. On Saturday, we'll have that Georgia Southern Ohio Myrtle Beach Bowl at 11. Women's basketball is, is by the way, Louisville women's basketball is traveling to UConn. We're not even talking about it. Jeff Wall show tonight at 7 out there at Parlor in J-Town, so we'll have that for you as well. That's a winnable game for Louisville basketball, by the way, for the women's team. They, we're not going to talk a lot about that game, unfortunately, but that is a, a cool opportunity for them uh, to go get what it could be a very marquee uh, sort of win as well. Uh, we do have Thursday night football tonight. Raiders, Chargers as well. Bobby V after me. Roundtable at six or three o'clock till six here on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. I'm Louis Rabot. This is Rabot and Co. We'll be back at ten tomorrow. We hope you are too. Have a great day, everybody.